Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhage of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Uh, thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, this week I have a special guest, Julie Leonard, uh, visiting with us. Hi, Julie. How are you? Hello there. I'm really well. How are you? Good, good. So Julie is uh, one. She's actually um, my first uh, um, guest from Germany, uh, Munich, Germany, and. Uh, she brings a, quite um, an interesting background um, with her as a certified coach. Um, she calls herself the happiness evangelist, which I love that term. And um, she <laughs> works with uh, a lot of people around the issue. She's a founder of something called Sundang. Is that how I pronounce it, uh, Julie? Sundang, yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, a Scottish word, Sundang. Yes. It means joy and health okay. and happiness. <laughs> okay, because I wasn't sure what that meant. And she works with things mm -hmm. like intentional happiness circles. Um, and she has a daily happiness journal. And so her whole expertise is about around the arena of um, intentional happiness. So Julie, let's talk a little bit and jump right into kind of, um, you know, you started, you know, working in this field about 30 years ago. So what what kind of, mm -hmm. you know, 30 years ago, I'm going to think that, you know, um, that wasn't the kind of a topic that was um, being spoken about around the dining room table on a Sunday night. What got you into kind of this uh, mm -hmm. type of work? Yeah. Hi. So um, I guess it really started from just from my upbringing and uh, I grew up in Scotland and uh, I, I grew up with a father who was, um, and still is quite depressed and just through how he was with me it really um it really had an effect on me and how i grew up and what i thought and what i believed very indirectly you know uh, he was often alone in his own head so i really struggled with like limiting beliefs and thoughts like i'm not good enough i don't have something worth talking about no one wants to listen to my opinion those kind of things and i really struggled i was very very shy very anxious growing up and uh, so it's no surprise that I actually went to study psychology. I had to go and work out what was going on somewhere. So um, I found my way into psychology and that's what I studied at university. And um, even there, I, was, I really struggled with my anxiety and my, my self-esteem. And I found it really hard to be around other people and go and meet my friends in the canteen and things like this. But um, through that, I really realized that I wanted to support other people and their own emotional health. And I was really drawn to that work. And I went out to start working in the, the in community mental health as it was then. And I had the, the great fortune to be able to go out into people's homes and to talk to them. And the mental health teams that I was working with, it was a local charity work I was doing. Um, the wonderful thing was that we weren't just about trying to help people be less anxious, less depressed, etc. But it was much more about recovery, about that different level, you know, different stage, like, how to be truly happy, I guess, was what now I would say. 
And when I said to people, you know, what does recovery mean to you? Most of the time they said, I want to be happy. And so what I would look at is like, well, how do we get that? What does happiness mean to you? And I mean, that was, it varied from person to person, but we would work on and different aspects, break them down into smaller steps and work on them. And of course, I didn't really know it at the time, but I was coaching people. And so um, that's what I was doing for so long. And uh, yeah, so that really drove me into this uh, passion for happiness and uh, using those tools to work on myself as well and to, to transform myself. And that's what I did over the years was really transform myself into the much more confident life coach and woman that's here today talking to you and using those skills with all the other women that I was working with, probably about a thousand to date now, um, and now that I take into my coaching practice. And I think um, it's just really evolved into this like um, pursuit of happiness and meaning so many people who are caught up in their limiting beliefs, uh, negative thinking, who don't really feel happy, aren't enjoying life, aren't living to their full potential. And who, um, you know, I really want to, to support people to get out of that and to really feel happy, whatever happiness means to you. And also that, I guess for me, happiness really is about having that inner resilience to cope with what life throws at you. Not that you live in this little bubble all the time, but that you have this core ability to, to cope with whatever goes on. And so this has really evolved. And now I call myself a happiness evangelist because I'm very passionate about spreading the message that you can change your life. You're not defined by your past, whatever has happened, that we're not limited by our beliefs or our negative thinking, that there's so much within our control that we can take a hold of, that we can change in ourselves. And I hope that I'm a really good example of that. So, which, you know, it's, it's so interesting because a lot of times people that end up in psychology, to your point, is that they're trying to figure out their own concerns and then they learn some really good stuff and then they go on and they, you know, start to teach other people. So let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> happiness as a concept. And you talk about, especially with us now kind of coming um, out of the era that we've gone through with the pandemic, where we're now starting to open up. A lot of people have been at home and they've been disconnected. And we know that here in, in Canada or North America, our mental health claims are on the rise. I'm going to, of course, the same, I would think in Germany, when we think about intentional happiness, let's talk a little bit about what that is, because I'm, I'm going to assume that a lot of people um, are going to benefit from understanding what that concept is, because we've, we've all been through probably mm -hmm. the roughest time, I would say, you know, in, mm -hmm. in centuries. Um, what is intentional happiness? This is, <clears throat> as I sort of pursued this approach to happiness, it really evolved into becoming something much more than just getting clarity and just and just having goals just i'm saying that as a life coach these are really important but um you know i experienced it in my own life and i think we're all like this and so many of us are like this where you know if you think pre-pandemic and pre-lockdown you know life goes really fast doesn't it you know we all have a lot of responsibilities a lot to do and i know i speak for myself that you know like you know i rush to the day, rush through the week, even though I'm quite intentional myself, but you know, the weeks go by, the months go by and you know, there's so many things that you want to do or like to do and you just don't do them because you're so, so busy, you just got up in the day to day. And I was really seeing this and I was seeing it with my clients as well, where they would say things like, oh yeah, you know, I, you know, 
you know, I really enjoy reading, but, you know, I don't get time to read a book or, you know, like here I live in Munich, so we have these beautiful Christmas markets and people say, oh, I really love the markets, but oh, I, I won't get to them this year, you know, this kind of thing. And thinking, well, if these are the things that bring you joy, why are you not prioritizing these things? And so this concept of intentional happiness and what, what I teach in my intentional happiness circle is about really being clear on what makes you happy? What is important in your life? And consciously and deliberately working on those every single day, prioritizing those over other things every single day. So like if I could illustrate that for you just in a very simple way, like um, for me, my health is very important. I've always been a healthy eater. But uh, as I went through some stuff where I was having like some stuff with um, like really bad histamine levels, like quite debilitating levels of histamine and sort of hormones and stuff like that, um, you know, I had to decide that I wanted to not just say I'd like to feel a bit healthier or I'll try and eat a little bit healthier, but to consciously do that. So I engaged with a nutritionist. I went on a detox diet. I now very consciously every single day plan my meals, look at the food that I shouldn't eat because it's not good for me or triggers me off, really consciously working on that. So it's that difference between that kind of you know, good intention or idea and even a bit stronger than just having a goal, but being that really... Um, conscious and with intention every day working on the things that are important and really focusing down on you know a handful of those things that are important so perhaps during this time where we've had time to really hit pause and think about things maybe we're realizing like relationships are important and you know days go by and you're really busy have you made that phone call have you reached out to somebody you know are you calling your family that kind of idea so maybe family is important you know for me being with my son is important my uh you know with my partner that's important you know there's certain things that you know I realize are truly important and I want to create that space and time for them and not kind of let those things slip because so many other things come in the way does that make sense is that a, a good idea Good uh, absolutely, absolutely. you know, oh, oh, for sure. And I think to your point, um, you know, our, our lives, you're, you are so right. And, you know, I, you know, my mom and dad used to say to me, when you're young, time sits still. But when you get older, uh, time whips, it whips yeah. and it gets quicker <laughs> yes. and quicker. And yes. I think, you know, now being in my 50s, I see exactly what they say, what mm -hmm. they mean, because it's yeah. so true. You're right. It's like month to month or, you know, mm -hmm. like quarter to quarter. And then we're, mm -hmm. we're through another year. So I think that concept of being intentional, as, as hard as this lockdown has been, it's forced most of us to really um, slow, which most, I would say most human beings are too busy being busy. Um, and then that's the discomfort that has happened. And, but throughout all of this, you know, they're talking a lot about, you know, I, I know I go for um, two hour walks now, which I never, I mean, I work out or I would get to the gym. Uh, yeah. But I go, you know, last week I, I went for two, uh, three or four, two hour walks, um, you know, and just getting out. And then when you get out and yesterday, this is an example, my girlfriend, a friend of mine lives not too far from here. And there was a swan in, in, in just mm -hmm. a little um, inlet, something you never see where we are. And then her just, and she goes, and she said to me, I, 
oh my goodness, I didn't bring my camera. And I said to her, my words were, we weren't meant to capture it in that way. We were meant to capture it in the moment so that you and I can have this memory together so that, you know, uh, as we go, we'll be able to remember, say, remember when we went for that park around the Niagara River Parkway and we saw the swan? So, so I think, is that, is that what you mean? It's like just being more intentional. I, I, I know yeah. that I've done it. I think that's just, oh, it's just lovely the way you described that. It's so nice, isn't it? That, um, yeah, and I think like within intentional happiness is really that concept of being more mindful as well, more aware of stuff, slowing down and looking around. We're often plugged in and rushing around and not really looking around us. And don't you just notice that now as, as, as humans retreat, how nature comes out? And, you know, I know here, even though I live in a city, the, the birds are quite deafening at the moment, you know, and it's just so beautiful that you can just hear nature and that you know there's more to see and as things slow down um i guess all that chatter in our heads slows down a bit as well and we can really just appreciate things that are around us and as you say just slow down a bit more so yeah intentional happiness is about slowing down and hopefully now continuing what nature has has forced upon us right now um and yeah just being more conscious of things more aware of things more mindful um, and just prioritizing what's important. So yeah, your your health is important, clearly there, Roxanne. So like going for your walks every day, hopefully you will mm -hmm. continue that because you see, you know, the benefits, you know, and I'm sure it wasn't just, you know, like, yeah, you're seeing those beautiful parts of nature, but maybe you feel healthier, maybe you feel more positive in your mind, maybe you're more creative, maybe you're just bursting with all these ideas, you know, there's so many things that come of that. And I think a lot of us want to embrace that more and be more in that place where I guess the outcome of that is that we feel happier, isn't it? We live more to our potential and we have more focus on what's actually important and not what we feel we, I'm doing inverted commas, this should, what we should be doing, what I must do and ought to do or obliged to do, but actually what really is important for us. So when, when we look at where we're at in the world and i know here in north america i'm sure it's the same in europe they found that there's been like a, almost like a 47 percent increase in mental health calls mm -hmm. right so and i would think that the predominant um i was just re reading something just before i got on the line with you from the harvard business review saying that anxiety is now has is, is, is gone up even further so mm -hmm. with us talking about um this concept of intentional happiness, which is kind of, anxiety is normal in this time. And if anybody tells you that they're, they're not anxious through this time, I'm gonna say, check your pulse, <laughs> um, just to make sure you're alive. But so with, with the state that we're in, and I, I know what you're saying, it's a gift, but however, um, some people may be struggling to get the basics. So tell me some of the things that you teach or that you just, you know, you do in your intentional happiness circles for people that maybe are saying, you know what, I, you know, I've had some, some anxiety even before this, or, and it's just been kind of exacerbated since. What are some simple strategies that people can start to do um, if they're struggling to kind of uh, slow and really focus on what's important in the present? Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is, I can see it with my clients and the people that are reaching out to me that, um, of course, and like, you know, hands up here as well. I, I'm, I'm generally very positive and I'm very fortunate in the situation that we're in right now. 
Um, but I know I have my anxiety days and my, you know, kind of riding a wave of emotion. And I, I, I stayed home for over 11 weeks. I went out yesterday for the first time properly. And yeah. I was really anxious because I haven't really been out. I haven't really done the kind of the things that I used to do. And now I go out, it's all different as well. You know, I've got to remember the mask and the, the hand gel and everything. And I just, I was quite it was, you know, very nerve wracking for me. So it's first and foremost is acknowledge that it's, as you say, it's, it's okay to feel this way. It's okay not to be okay. You know, this is a very unusual situation for most of us. We've never experienced anything like this. And it's something that changes day to day, moment to moment. It's, it's quite a strange way. It's not like there's nothing certain at the moment. So um, when you're in that situation, it's going to trigger things and, you know, we all have a response to stress and there's a lot of stress because there's a knock-on effect from this, whether it's affecting your job or your finances or you're isolated at home or you're isolated by yourself without that human touch with other people. This has a huge impact on us. So recognizing what's going on and recognizing your stress response is also really helpful. So um, I think it's really good to know that a lot of the time we talk about how we have flight or fight but there's actually a third one. There's also freeze, you know, so mm -hmm. recognizing how you respond, whether you're like, okay, I'm embracing everything and I'm doing a million courses and I'm feeling really positive and you're this kind of way, or whether you're just like not really doing anything because it's just too much or whether you're escaping into other things or whether you feel quite paralyzed, you know, first and foremost, recognize what that is. Cause once you know, like, oh, this is my body feeling stressed and reacting to it. It helps you understand your behavior that it's not about you like you know there's an issue with you that it's actually how your body copes and how your mind copes so i think that's really important i've been talking a lot about that with my clients and that has been really really useful for people because a lot of people get quite paralyzed by it as well and think oh i'm being lazy or i'm not doing what i should be doing you know and mm -hmm. it's not it's, it's that you're coping with a stressful situation um so that's very very important definitely reach out and get support there are so many people like you and me Roxanne and so many other people out there please reach out and talk to somebody and get support because whether you have anxiety that's now exacerbated or whether you've been able to keep busy and often avoid some of the issues that you have when you're in lockdown this is when we're confronted by issues that maybe we didn't think were still an issue or we've been able to manage for a long time so maybe a lot of stuff is coming up for you so please reach out and get help some of the tools that I think really help right now is to, to try and focus on any positives that are in your life. You know, mm -hmm. and I know for some people there's a lot going on, but there, there are some nice things in there as well. So I'm all about gratitude and we know that gratitude is well-researched, well-known to have a very, very powerful impact, even though it's such a small thing and such a simple thing to do, practicing gratitude every day, looking for the things that you're thankful for, um, really helps you focus your brain on the positive and it helps really build those neural pathways that really kept, keep focusing on the positive and not just on our negative because we're really good at looking at negative stuff or brilliant at that but we really want to be able to look at the positive so I really encourage people to look at gratitude I really encourage people to learn about the tools for mindfulness and I teach a lot of courses on that because that's about trying to stay in the present, particularly now when we, things are so uncertain. It's very easy to get caught up in that rumination about the future and the what ifs and the worry. 
And there's only so much that we can be in control of. So really trying to be much more present and focus on the present moments. This is very, very important. And if we can practice that in any way, then that really, really helps us. And focusing on what we can control, not what's out of our control. But there are things that are in our control. Not everything, but there are a lot of things. So I help people focus on what is what is in your control and what can you focus on. And so I think those tools help greatly with people right now. Really, you know, and I often say when I coach is that it's about um, when we get harried and busy, it's sens- we're in sensory overload. Um, Mm -hmm. And mindfulness is to go into a different uh, modality with our senses, you know. So I back Mm -hmm. on to the uh, golf course here. I live in Niagara Falls, Ontario, just to give your people in Germany uh, in Munich a Mm -hmm. sense of where I am. So, um, and I back onto a golf course and it's so interesting, you know, because of course you like me, you know, busy lives and and practices and and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But what I found is, so when I sit in my, uh, my, family room is that I'm shocked at how many there was always birds but I'm shocked at how many things like cardinals and blue jays and things like that that I see throughout the day now Mm. so whether they were there as much uh or I am because I am slowed and are able to and you know I'm seeing them and these are cardinals I think are new so whether we're just being gentle with the environment. So they're, you know, or the creatures are coming out more, uh, those types of things, whether that's, but it's interesting because now I'm recognizing, you know, just by having my tea in the morning and I'm sitting there in my, in my living room that there's all this beautiful color and, you know, birds, there was always birds, but now there's the diversity of it. So I often um, coach to people to say, you have the five senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell, and I, I, my challenge oftentimes is to say to uh, my clients to, to challenge themselves uh, to, to practice being mindful of all those senses. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things, other things that people can do to, to kind of heighten those senses? Because we, we're always heightened, but we might be in a dysregulated state uh, mm-hmm. because we're so busy and, and things like that. But what are, from a mindfulness perspective, mm-hmm. like you're saying, what are some things that people could actually do? We talked a little bit about walking um, mm-hmm. is one thing already, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. just sitting and enjoying, uh, you know, nature. Yeah. What other things would you suggest that might be good to heighten your senses? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's mindfulness is, again, another simple tool, but it's, it's quite difficult to remember to do it. So um, it takes a lot of practice. It's simple, but it takes a lot of practice. And so um, one of the courses I teach is how to make it part of your daily life and to bring it into rather than trying to make it additional, but try and incorporate it, incorporate it into some of the tasks you do. So some simple ways to really start on that, I would suggest is something like Uh, mindfully brushing your teeth is a great one you know it's two minutes that we do but how often are you brushing your teeth and thinking about what you're doing next you're never really thinking I'm brushing my teeth Mm -hmm. you know it's like what I have to do next what I have to get doing or you know you're like it's just such a habitual thing that it's you don't even really consciously Mm -hmm. do it but when we brush your teeth mindfully truly mindfully then it's everything from just watching what you're doing as you put the toothpaste on the, the toothbrush you know it's the the sense of you know the smell of the mintiness the taste on your tongue how it foams up how it feels being conscious of brushing every tooth and if you can challenge yourself to do that for the two minutes it's a great way 
to really experience true mindfulness and to stop your mind rushing on. So I always start with uh, brushing your teeth or having a shower because having a shower, most people are not fully present in that. There's always, I always have a little slide when I, when I do this, it says that having a shower is 2% washing, 8% singing and 90% putting the world to rights because we tend to just kind of get ready, but you're totally like, you know, going through stuff and having arguments and debates and sorting stuff out. And then you go, did I shampoo my hair or, you know, what did I do? Did I wash that arm? You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, much more being in tune of like that, you know, Mm -hmm. the heat, the temperature of the water, the smell of your shampoo, the sensation as you wash your hair, you know, like try and do something that you're already doing in the day but then try and bring yourself to be more mindful. And as you say, bring in all those senses. It's really wonderful. Um, And now I think there's also a crossover, something that I think is very helpful as well as I do things like mindful coloring, because that's a really great thing. So if you're finding that just being truly mindful is, is, is difficult, Picking a task, what um, psychologists call like flow state tasks, uh, we call it getting in the zone. That's what we would say. So mm-hmm. things where you have to like focus on something that's challenging enough, but it's a single activity. What that does is it takes you out of the part of the brain where you're overthinking and you're worrying about stuff into a completely different part of your brain that shuts off from all of that. So if you feel it's hard to kind of break that cycle of rumination, pick something that keeps you busy for a little while. Mindful coloring is a great one. I've got a five-year-old, so we're sitting coloring for hours and I can do it with him, (laughs) you know, but things like yoga, Tai Chi, any kind of those kind of sports where you have to focus on what you're doing or you fall over or something, you know, is challenging enough, but it's focused for you as well. Um, You know, sometimes like um, an activity like maybe knitting or sewing, those kind of crafts, something craft that you do with your hands that you're focusing on, um, to a degree like you know more like playing computer games you don't want to get caught into doing that for hours but you know like sometimes you're on the games and you just zone out completely so think of those activities where you completely zone out and you forget time for a while that's a great way to train yourself to be mindful but it's a double bonus that you're also going into a zone into a flow state and that's really great for uh, mental health and there's lots of research that says even five minutes a day of that has a huge impact on how we feel so that would be my suggestions yeah and I I often say like with my uh, senior executives and stuff like that what Mm -hmm. I'll have them do is put an alert on their phone Mm -hmm. so they would do it like kind of mid-morning and uh, mid-afternoon and maybe on their way from uh, in their commute which we we haven't had lately Mm -hmm. is to put those alerts to to remind themselves to do something off a list of 10 things that I have them create together with me to have them Mm -hmm. stay present. And it could be, um, you know, one thing that I I sometimes will do is I'll have them come up with, well, of course they can't do this with their driving, but they, they um, might on the desktop of their phone, put five of the most relaxing or happiest pictures um, that they can think of that's in that's on their phone right now, but not to have to go look through them, but to just be able to flip those through, you know, and just really mm-hmm. think about what were you feeling, or, you know, who were you with, how were you thinking, those types of things. And then they kind of, and then they get kind of accustomed to doing that, right? So it could be in, uh, say, be, be, say, beautiful um, lakes or their pets mm-hmm. or, you know, their family, those types of things. And it's just that pause mm-hmm. to your point that we're talking about is just being able to pause for a little bit, 
refocus, remember what's important, mm-hmm. you know, why am I doing mm-hmm. what I, I'm, you know, why I'm doing what am I doing versus kind of, you know, getting caught up in the tumble, uh, you know, of that we do day in, day mm-hmm. out, you know, quarter to quarter, year to year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are great ideas. You're absolutely right. We just, I think we've, we've had the chance now to, to kind of create that space to process things better and to focus on things that we are enjoying so many people. I see such a change. I'm sure you see the same Roxanne, but so many people who are like, gosh, how am I going to cope with lockdown and working from home? I like to change that. I don't think we're working from home. I think we're at home trying to work through a pandemic and that's very different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's important to remember. We're not homeschooling. We're at home trying to teach (laughs) our kids, you know, while we're trying to work from home. Uh, So it's important, but, um, yeah, I think we've had that space now. So it's like, how can you carry that forwards into life? How does that become your new normal? You know, when we think about what we're rushing back to, what are we really in a rush to take with us? What's actually important to to take forwards in our lives? And, you know, the one thing, and I, I want you to just speak to this a little bit, is about that being happy is really, you know, it's a habit, it's, it's not something that happens upon us. And, you know, cause a lot of people will say, well, you know, uh, you know, how do I manage, you know, some people say they only have happy thoughts. And I said, well, if you, if you find those people, please send them my way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really about managing um, your thoughts. Cause some days, you know, you get up and you're like full of verve and vigor and it's like, whoa, how can I channel this? Cause I want to feel like this every day. And then some days you get up and you're like, I'd like to like hit, you know, the replay and try for that day that happened before. And I'm the same Mm -hmm. person and nothing Mm -hmm. substantive has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so knowing, uh, you know, I want you to talk a little bit about how you have to intentionally practice or plan, you know, what you're going to do, because it's just not going to haphazardly happen on its own. No. So first point I would say is that, yeah, there's, of course, there's like a genet- there is a genetic component to it. So some people are a bit more optimistic, some people are more pessimistic. Mm-hmm. But um, research shows that that is like fifty percent and forty percent of who we are. The rest is all up for grabs. So you know, because you maybe have a tendency one way or the other, doesn't mean that it's fixed. That there's a huge part of us that we can change. So there's so many tools like we're already talking about that you can really train your brain to think more positively you know it's called neuroplasticity so we know from science that you can change your brain to become more positive thinking and more conscious but the brain is a muscle like any part of your body so you have to keep working on it you don't just do you know some gratitude for a month and then you're like well that's that done or you know i did a bit of mindfulness and now i'm fine you know it's the same as you know if you're running a marathon you wouldn't train for a marathon and then not run not train for the next year till the next marathon you know you have to keep going and and the brain is the same way and our happiness is the same way so you know once you find the tools that really work for you because it's a whole plethora of tools that really work you choose the ones that work for you um but you have to keep doing them you have to keep working on them you know um, i like to embrace the growth mindset you know that we're not fixed and nothing is certain that you can really grow and expand and expand yourself in your comfort zone really expand your mind always learning from stuff so you know if you take that approach then you're constantly working on yourself and so Mm. find those tools that really work for you 
embrace things that you're, you want to consciously work on, be very deliberate in your actions. And if you've got clarity on what's important to you, you've got a clear plan and you're very intentional, you are going to be a lot happier. I'm not saying you're just happy because it's not the permanent thing, <laughs> but you have that resilience. So, you know, for me, I have the things that work for me. And a big one that I use a lot just now is about self-compassion. I think that's something that many people um, are lacking, <laughs> basically. You know, like how we talk to ourselves is often very, very critical and very, very harsh. And so right now, particularly now, talk to yourself with more compassion, be kinder to yourself, you know, reward yourself for how well you are doing through such difficult times. But that's a tool that I've used and that's really evolved with me. And I find a huge help to me. And I can see that the longer that I've used it, um, how, how quickly it kicks in, how, you know, the response rate and how I feel regarding that, um, has got quicker and faster, you know, and a bit more spontaneous as well. So this has taken me years of practice, but I really find that um, practicing like self-compassion meditation and loving kindness meditation has had a huge impact on me. Um, so find the tools that work for you, do them every day, prioritize those things as important as any other thing as brushing your teeth every morning and every evening, put them into place because they're simple, they're fast, yet they're incredibly powerful. Well, Julie, this has been, uh, you know, an amazing time. And uh, where, where can people uh, reach you if they're interested um, and learning more about uh, your, your circles and uh, intentional happiness? What's your website so that people could yeah. uh, check you out and, and connect if they're wanting some more? Sure. So you can find me at julieleonardcoaching.com. There you'll see all the stuff that I do. And also I'd love to open up, I also run a Facebook group called the Happiness Club. So we talk about all things to do with happiness. So if you want to come over there, it's all free. We have lots of uh, inspiration and uh, we actually go online live every month of our happiness club. Um, there's lots of information there. We do a daily happiness moment, lots of free resources there too. So you can come on over there as well. And so you'll find out lots about me there and join other people who want to intentionally be happy. Awesome. So what am I taking away uh, today? And uh, the one th thing that I think uh, I really drew from this today, Julie, is to, you don't have to take extra time. So you can start from the simple things with our, you know, as we kind of start to open up our lives again, from brushing our teeth to, to having your shower or, you know, you know, having that cup of tea where you're actually taking the taste and, uh, you know, feel the warmth of the cup or even the, you know, the texture or of your, you know, whatever that cup is made out of. So these are things, it's not an additional activity, but to recognize that you're doing them, but you can alter the way you interface with those activities uh, to become more intentional in your happiness. So again, Julie, thanks so much for spending the time with us. And for everyone listening, uh, you know, I'm a mental health and wellness specialist. If you're needing any information on uh, coaching or uh, keynote speaking, you can reach me at roxanderhodge.com. 
Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.